Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, October 2nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Some families are planning to give up trick-or-treating this Halloween because of the pandemic. Others are determined to find ways to celebrate the scary season. I kind of just want to keep something normal, even if it's just us dressing up in the house and having our own little Halloween party. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports on how parents are weighing the risks of allowing their children to trick or treat this year. Several school districts in the St. Louis area are recording big drops in kindergarten enrollment during the pandemic. As St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports, some parents are opting out of virtual learning options. Several districts' kindergarten classes are down double digits, 27% in Rittner, 12% in Parkway. KIPP St. Louis Charter Schools is down by more than a third when they typically have a waiting list. It's pretty unusual. KIPP St. Louis's executive director, Kelly Garrett, says he worries about kids who aren't getting any instruction or socialization right now. When you delay the start of school, you're really literally delaying you know, the opportunity, especially for kids who might be behind, to catch up. Homeschooling has become increasingly popular during the pandemic, and private schools have seen enrollment increases. The kindergarten population drop is not universal. Normandy, which started the year with in-class learning for elementary students, has a bigger kindergarten class than last year. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. A new report by Forward Through Ferguson is taking a deeper look at racial disparities in the St. Louis public education system. The nonprofit's report highlights how segregation, property taxes, funding, and education environments have helped majority white districts prosper while hurting majority black ones. Lead author Karishma Furtado says effective change will come once St. Louis residents understand all the forces at play in education. The majority of what creates those gaps lies upstream of where we're focusing our current intervention and our current energy. Um, the, ga- the, the drivers of those gaps live in our system. Furtado says the report is a step toward change. That full report is available at stillunequal.org. A group at St. Louis University is demanding school leaders better serve black students. The call for action comes after a black student wrote Breonna Taylor's name on the SLU clock tower. Someone then wrote comments on the tower blaming Taylor for her death. Freshman Ryan Staples is one of the black students who wrote the demands. The biggest thing that I've seen as a first-year student is the lack of, one, uh, representation that students, that black students have and significant mental health resources for black students. Students also want SLU to disarm campus police and rename three buildings, including one that honors Confederate General Daniel Frost. The head of the St. Louis Corrections Department is warning that closing the jail known as the workhouse could cause overcrowding at the city's other jail downtown. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more from Dale Glass's appearance yesterday before the city's Public Safety Committee. The downtown jail was built to hold 860 inmates. There are currently 816 people behind bars at both facilities combined. But Glass says being that close to physical capacity goes against best practices when it comes to separating inmates. He adds that some inmates would have to sleep on the floor and options like recreation would be limited. And Glass says he's worried what happens if the jail population starts rising. But then I also have to take into consideration 
uh, things like the Missouri Crime Bill, uh, Operation Legend, Operation State Street. Alderman voted unanimously in July to require Glass to close the workhouse by December 31st, but his report gave ammunition to those who had been skeptical of whether it could be done safely. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Many parents are debating whether they are going to let their children trick or treat for Halloween this year, while some are finding new ways to celebrate the holiday during the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports. Shauna Neewig just went gravestone shopping. She bought a handful of headstones at Johnny Brock's Dungeon, a local supplier of all things Halloween. The warehouse is a regular stop for Neewig this time of year. She and her neighbors in O'Fallon, Missouri, typically go all out for the holiday, complete with hay rides, decorated yards, and loads of candy. Oh, I mean, people bring carloads of kids to the neighborhood. It's a huge deal for us. But this year, Halloween will look different on Neewig's block as the coronavirus pandemic continues to upend holiday traditions across the region. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued guidance last month that is changing trick-or-treating etiquette. Rather than allowing kids to ring doorbells and take fistfuls of candy from bowls, the CDC says adults should leave individually wrapped bags of candy for trick-or-treaters to pick up. The CDC says personally handing out candy to kids puts people at high risk for being exposed to the coronavirus. State and local public health officials have released similar guidelines in recent weeks. The Illinois Department of Public Health added that people should wash their hands before eating their candy bounties. And the St. Louis Health Department on Thursday suggested that trick-or-treaters wear face coverings and bring hand sanitizer out with them. Dr. Alex Garza leads the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. He says parents and kids should avoid gathering in large groups this year. As long as people follow the rules with social distancing, wearing masks, things like that, I mean, it's no different than people sort of walking around a park or, or other areas where you're going to run across people outdoors. Garza also recommends parents put out bags of candy rather than letting kids take from a bowl. Neewig's O'Fallon Neighborhood Association will be following that guidance. She and her neighbors plan to leave goodie bags on tables for kids to pick up at the end of driveways. For other parents, though, celebrating this year just isn't worth the risk. Middle school teacher Emily Hardy says her three-year-old son won't be trick-or-treating at all this year. I don't think he'll be scarred for life missing one Halloween, so we just kind of wanted to limit our exposure. Uh, I see approximately 120 students, so I think about that a lot. If I were to test positive... A lot of adults seem to be weighing those risks. Johnny Brock's owner, Ed Brock, has seen a 25% decrease in sales at his Halloween store this year compared to last year. The biggest drop has been in adult costume sales, since many people are canceling their Halloween parties. Adult costumes typically make up the bulk of rock sales. But he says business is slowly picking back up as we near the holiday. He's seen upticks in sales of decorations and children's costumes in recent weeks. Any way I slice it or dice it, it's not going to add up to, to, to last year's sales numbers. But, um, but people, I think, are they're really wanting Halloween. 
A survey from the National Retail Federation found 148 million U.S. adults who say they still plan on celebrating this year. That's near 24 million fewer adults than last year. Some, like Rashida Williams, still don't know what they're going to do this year. The Ferguson resident is undecided if she will take her three school-aged kids trick-or-treating. Regardless of what she decides, she's hoping to salvage what traditions she can this year. Because it's been rough, you know, for these kids being at home and not really being able to go on vacation and stuff like that. And I kind of just want to keep something normal, even if it's just us dressing up in the house and having our own little Halloween party. William's daughter, Mackenzie, is 11 years old and plans on dressing up as the Disney character Maleficent. She says she wasn't too bummed when her parents suggested she stay in. Yeah, it will be disappointing not getting your reactions from people, but I can still post it on social media. In this frightening year, showing off a costume to friends is at least one tradition left intact. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Heffernan edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.